hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Divine disruption. You know, I, I don't know, I can't speak about your life. I can speak about my life. I generally like things to go fairly smooth. Anybody else? I'm, I'm generally not a fan of disruption. It happens. It's a part of life. But generally, I, I, I like things to go smooth. I like my coffee smooth. I like my marriage smooth. I like those other relationships smooth. I like my smoothies smooth. I like my life smooth. I like smooth sailing. I, I, I like those, but, but the reality of life is life often comes with disruptions. Disruption is fine this way. It is a disturbance or problem which interrupts an event, an activity, or a process. Let's look at that. A disruption. It's a dis- disturbance. It's a problem, right? And notice what it does. It interrupts an event, an activity, a process, a family, a business. It interrupts things. Disruptions are big and they're small. Sometimes they come into our lives and we can handle them. It's not much. Other times they bring about worrisome ideas and sleepless nights and tension within life. Disruption. Have you ever had a point of disruption in your life? Sure you have. And, and maybe you have that right now. Maybe there's something going on in your life and like, I'm at the point where there's some significant disruption going on. And you're like, well, how, how do I know? We usually know, but generally it comes with the language along the lines of, I, I don't have time for this. If you've said that recently, you, you had a disruption. Or something along the lines is, I, I don't need this. Or something along the lines of, is those people are driving me crazy. Disruptions. We have them. They're part of life, part of our journey. And you know what? If you look really close at the Christmas story, you see a significant disruption, which seems to be the catalyst to get things moving in motion. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. Would you read with me? I'm reading out of the ESV version. Scripture says, in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. Now, all the world speaking about the Roman Empire. This was the first registration when Canarius was governor of Syria. He was governor probably twice. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph, he went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and the lineage of David. Of course, there he went to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, and who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. Let's pray. Father, we invite you into this time. We ask you to speak to us. Father, maybe we are experiencing a divine 
disruption. Maybe we don't understand it. Maybe we're frustrated with it. Maybe we're ready to move on from it. But Father, we pray that through the story that we have just read, a portion of the story, we see the power, the purpose of these disruptions that seemingly from time to time that you at least orchestrate for our good and your glory. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Luke 2, 1 through 2, you're probably familiar with the story to some degree, but herein lies the disruption. Verses 1 and 2, they shed light on this idea of what is unfolding in the Christmas story. It says, in those days, Caesar, he issues a decree, a census. Now, this is very, very important. And, 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 and so t- sometimes we have a hard time understanding. We might see the Christmas story as this smooth operation. <laughs> Things come off without a hitch, but they do not. Here we see that Caesar Augustus, he throws a curveball, right? This is a emperor curveball. And, and, and Caesar orders that the Roman world is to register, which, by the way, was not uncommon. But what's uncommon about this particular registration and census, same, same verbiage, is that this time it appears that the registration, the census, is not just for Roman citizens. It's for every person living under the authority of the Roman Empire. Hence, herein lies the disruption. Herein lies the issue, the rub, the burn, the saddle, if you will, for Mary and Joseph and the other Israelites living under Roman rule. It appears that now they are included in the census. And it's likely that this had never occurred before. So as the census goes forth, we know that the census was used in Rome primarily to identify young men who were of of military age to serve in the Roman army and to also kind of keep a number on true Roman citizens. But this is a different level. This is kind of a, a new door opening up. And now everybody living under Roman rule had to go back to their hometown, their place of birth, if you will, their lineage and register. I think this was a shock to some degree for Joseph and those other Israelites living under Roman rule. Hence, Joseph, a Judean, has to return back to his ancestral home to register. This census that we see has now caused significant disruption in the life of Mary and Joseph. By the way, she's pregnant. Did you realize that? She's late in the pregnancy. And now all of a sudden, here we have the census. Joseph understands he's going to have to return to Judea. Now, Judea was not just around the corner. Judea, where he has to go from, he's moving now from Nazareth to Bethlehem. The census, this this idea of registering prompted the journey gain. We're talking about a 70-mile journey. Think about that. A 70-mile journey to the south, difficult travel, terrain, 
Some scholars even believe it was rainy season. Now, I want you to get your head around that, right? We, we have a hard time registering that idea. 70 miles. Ladies, let me speak to you. Some of you have had children. I want you to think about that. And, and if you can remember about the time you were having those children and late in the pregnancy and how you felt, what you were going through and, and, and who you were angry with, right? Think about those days. And, and, and maybe think about what Mary must be feeling with this idea that, what? We're, we, we're doing what? Yeah, we're going to travel some 70, mi 70 miles. Ladies, that's as if tomorrow morning you had to hightail it to Cottonwood. 70 miles. Guys, what do you think Joseph's thinking? I think this is one of those moments where Joseph, I think he's talking to himself, kind of talking under his breath, but it comes out. I do that from time to time. Maybe you do as well. You say something and maybe your spouse is like, what'd you say? Like, oh, nothing. Did that slip out? I think that's what's happening with Joseph. He, I think he's speaking under his breath. He's talking about well, what's going on here. I don't have time for this. How am I going to tell Mary? What in the world is Caesar doing? I've got to travel some 70 miles. What a disruption. I mean, this wasn't planned. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure that they had a place there at Nazareth General and they were ready to go and had the doctors lined up. They were ready, man. And now we have a divine disruption. Joseph's wondering, how are we going to get there? Is he thinking, do I take the Tesla? Is it the Tahoe? It's the donkey. Now, ladies, let me come back to you. Think about those days when you were on the verge of giving birth. If your man would have said, honey, a little change of plans. We're going to have to travel on a donkey. How would that have landed? How would that have felt? This is what Joseph has to break to Mary about what's going on. So they had this journey. And then the story tells us there in verse 6 that, they arrive, they get there, and of course, look at verse 6. And while they're there, the time for her to give birth, it, it, it comes about. Verse 7, she gives birth to the firstborn son, wraps him in clothes, lays him in a manger, because there's no room in the end. Could it be that what obviously looks like a difficult moment of disruption actually it was not a random moment at all. Could we be looking at here is a significant piece of the prophetic promise being fulfilled? And that there is orchestration. There is divine orchestration that God is working. It, now again, it's likely that Israel had never, ever, ever been taxed or taken as a census under the Roman Empire up until this point. Joseph and Mary would have had no reason to make the journey, to travel back to Bethlehem. So could it be that the prophetic promise is now being fulfilled, this promise we see in Micah 5.2, given 700 years before where the prophet says this, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be the ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from old and from ancient days? Could it be that what is unfolding, what we're reading about, what we know, what we celebrate, could it be that what 
Joseph may have been thinking, I don't have time for this. It's a disruption. Could it be that this is the very thing that is being orchestrated by God? And what we learn from Joseph and Mary is that we can trust God's timing. Even when it doesn't make sense, even when it feels like things are falling apart, even when things are coming together, could it be that we can trust God's timing? Here's an important principle. In the kingdom, what we perceive as a disruption may be a divine invitation. In the kingdom, what you and I sense, feel, get stressed about, lose sleep over, don't understand, could it be that what we perceive as a disruption is actually a divine invitation, a divine kingdom invitation to bring about the purposes of God. I mean, God uses disruptions to grow us in the faith. I believe that. Do you believe that? Oh, he has to bring about disruptions. He has to bring about change and, and difficulty. He, he has to facilitate those things in our lives. Now, remember, he's trying to shape us into the form and the image of Jesus Christ. Amen. That, that's what he's trying to do. And I think he, he uses, sometimes he might even orchestrate frustrations, irritations, interruptions to chisel away at our character so it is formed further into the character of Christ. Gives you a whole new perspective on things made that frustrate you, that irritate you, or that are interruptions. Like, I, I don't have time for this, but could it be that the fruit of the Spirit, which is His ultimate goal with the character, He has to bring those things into our lives. He has to bring those relationship those people those setbacks those he brings those things into our lives from time to time to help us form further into the image of jesus and i don't know about you but these these disruptions sometimes they come in familiar form a lot of times they look like my kids a lot of times they they look like my friends sometimes it looks like my spouse a lot of times it can look like my boss Sometimes it can look like my neighbor. Sometimes it can look like my enemy. Sometimes these disruptions can look like a check engine light. Amen? Amen. <laughs> yeah, sometimes these disruptions look like a, a bad health report. Sometimes these disruptions look like loneliness and shame and, and greed. Sometimes this is what these frustrations can look like. Sometimes it can look like an accident or sickness and, or loss. And, and sometimes they show up at the worst possible time. Isn't that the problem with the disruption? It's often timing. We see this in the life of Jesus. Jesus turned disruptions into divine encounters. In Luke chapter 8, if you would look there with me in your Bible, just a few pages over, Luke chapter 8. Jesus has gotten word that, that there is a man named Jairus and his daughter is ill. And so Jairus, is, he's begging Jesus, I, I want you to, will you come and minister to my daughter? I'm a ruler of the synagogue. Come and help my daughter. She's, she's 12. And he says she's dying. Think about that. <clears throat> Think about the idea that Jesus has been Here's a ruler of the synagogue begging. Jesus is on his way to minister to a child. 
pretty significant, wouldn't you say? Pretty important? <clears throat> As he makes his way through the crowd, the Bible says there's a woman with an issue of blood. What does she do? Do you remember? <clears throat> you remember? What did she do? She touched his cloak. What does Jesus do? Does he continue on? Where is he going to minister to a 12-year-old girl who is dying? Does he continue on? No, he doesn't. He stops. <clears throat> Says, who, who touched me? The power has gone out. Who touched me? Nobody admits it. Nobody comes forth. And eventually the lady steps forth and says, it was me. Jesus eventually says to her there in the passage in Luke chapter 8, He says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. <clears throat> Look at Jesus on his way to minister to a child who is dying. Disrupted by a woman he doesn't know. Nobody knows who he is. She has an issue. She has a problem. She touches. He stops. Ministers to her. Connects with her. Crowd's going wild. The disciples think he's lost it. But he stops. It's a disruption. On his way to something pretty significant. Oh, and eventually the scripture says the young lady passes, but... Jesus takes care of that. Isn't it interesting how these disruptions, these things in our lives, these, these censuses that Caesar sends us, <laughs> these registrations, come at incredibly difficult times. Suppose Joseph and Mary had got that census a year earlier. No big deal. We'll go see some family. It's awesome down there this time of year, right? But she's pregnant. She's in the latter days of the pregnancy and the senses come. Has that been your experience? When you're busiest, when you're up against it, when you're stressed, is that often a time that the disruption seems to show up? Divine opportunities are often disguised in daily disruptions. Divine opportunities. They often are disguised. They're often disguised like this. I don't have time to talk to them. I don't want to see them. When you see them at Safeway, you duck behind the produce. You don't want to chat. You don't want to talk. You're not on the same page. What is that? That could be a, a divine disruption. That could be God speaking to you, saying, make a move, step into it. For what you see as a, an annoyance, God may see that as an opportunity for you to minister, to serve, to touch somebody's life. Have you had a disruption recently? Anybody? I mean, think, just think in your mind right now, you're like, yeah, I actually did this week. Anybody have one uh, this week? Just raise your hand if you had a disruption. If you're watching online, raise your hand. Okay, you had disruption. Okay. Good. Yeah. Anybody have one today? Anybody have, have any kind of 
disruption, you know, annoyance, inconvenience, interruption, sure, happen all the time, don't they? <clears throat> Last night, <clears throat> my wife Sharon and I, we were, we were up north. We were lounging, chilling. Is that a word? Greek word for hanging out, I think. On a comfy couch. Get this, in a cozy condo in Oak Creek. That's just how we roll. A friend here has offered their place for some time, and so we took them up on the offer. And last night at around 7.45, we were sitting on that couch. Listen, there was a beautiful fire burning, a real one, not a fake one, a real fire. You could smell it. You could feel it. You could hear it. Boy, I love a beautiful fire. Don't you? Contained. Let me, let me, contained. All right. Love a beautiful fire. Man, that fire was glowing and burning. We were feeling the heat and smelling the smell. And every now and then, I would lean over on the coffee table and pick up my hot chocolate and just sip on my hot chocolate. Any other hot chocolate lovers in the house? What a wonderful thing. I was sipping on the hot chocolate and feeling that warm fire and hanging out on that cozy couch with my wife, watching a, a movie. Huh. All was well in the world. Things were smooth. At around 7.55, my phone rang. I looked, <laughs> I, I didn't think I had cell coverage, but I did. And I looked at it and I recognized the name and so I answered the phone. Now, Sharon and I were up there. We had planned this trip for a long time, actually. We, were, we had planned to get away to work on some planning for things for next year. We were, it was kind of a trip where we were working on some goals for next year. But at 7.38, we were done, and the phone rang. I picked it up. It went something like this. Uh, Greg, I'm like, yes, yes. Yes, Ron, what's going on? He said, well, I, uh, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to speak this weekend. <clears throat> You're breaking up, Ron. What's going on? You're I'm up north. You're breaking up. He's like, yeah, something's going on with my throat. I'm coughing. I'm going to the doctor Monday. I, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to speak this weekend. <clears throat> Huh? You sure? Let's pray about it. I said, hey, man, don't worry about it. It happens. It's no big deal. It's, one of the, it's kind of one of the neat things we have a, a team that can work together. So I hung up the phone, and I'm like, oh, man, what? This is 8 o'clock last night. What should I do? You know the first thing that came to mind? I wonder what Pastor Rod's up to. I wonder if he's available. And you know what? I might have reached out to Pastor Rod, but let me tell you what happened this last May. On a Saturday afternoon, it was my weekend to speak. And I, I was at home getting ready to come up, you know, getting cleaned up and getting ready to come up. And I hadn't felt great that day, but I'm like, yeah, let's push through and we'll, we'll get this done. And I was getting pretty sick. So around 3 p.m., not probably around 2.30, 
I went for the test. You know what I'm talking about? I'll leave it at that. Went with the test and took the test, and the test said, you're positive. I'm like, the test is wrong, because I hadn't been there before, so I pulled out another test. Took the test. The test said, you're positive. I'm like, I think I'm positive. So around 3.30 on a Saturday afternoon last May, I had to call Pastor Rod and said, hey, pal, how's it going? How you feeling? You got anything the Lord wants you to share anytime soon? <laughs> got something in your heart? He's like, yeah, not really. I think I woke him up from a nap, to be honest with you. I'm like, man, I got this thing going. I'm not going to be able to go to church this evening. This was at 3.30. He's like, don't worry about it. I'll head up there. I'm not sure what happened. We're still here. But he did something amazing. So that's why I couldn't call him again. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, I, don't, I, I have no more lifelines. I'm just going to have to work this. So after the smoke kind of cleared, it's like the Lord just said, hey, what you perceive as a disruption, I'm actually giving you a chance to share my word with people. I'm absolutely, I know it's a disruption, and I've thought about this. It's a disruption. My plan was disrupted. My hot chocolate was disrupted. My warm fire was disrupted. My, my whole day was disrupted. When I thought the whole world was caving in. It's all disruption. But the Lord, like, hold, hold on, man. Hold on. Your disruption is my divine invitation to share a portion of the Christmas story. I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that Joseph and Mary didn't allow the disruption to derail them from the prophetic promise that God had given to his people. Folks, I think you would, could agree. Joseph could have said, I don't think so. My wife's pregnant. We're not going anywhere. Once we have the child, we'll figure that out. He doesn't do that. He leans into it. He steps into it. This disruptive senses that felt like it was taking everything off course, was actually God working things out for His glory. What recent disruptions have you experienced? What's going on in your life? And, I, I, you know, it's easy when things, there's a disruption and there's interruptions and there's, folks, full disclosure, I generally do not think, I wonder what God's up to. I, don't, I didn't last night. I generally don't think that way. I hope, maybe if you do, bless you. Share that with the rest of us. But what disruptions have you experienced, are you in, where you could actually look at the disruption and say, is it possible, is it likely that God is working in this? This is a divine invitation. It's difficult. I don't understand it. But is God working in this for my good and His glory? What I want us to do is I want us to stand, and I have a prayer that's coming on the screen, and I want us to verbalize this out loud, and then we'll close our time together. Just a prayer. I know it's a little difficult to see. There's a lot of words there, but I want us to read it together, pray it together, <clears throat> and then we will... Close. We'll read it felt relatively slow. Father, may we be sensitive to life's disruptions. 
May we face our disruptions as Jesus faced his with wisdom and grace. Give us the strength to grow out of the temptation to respond with frustration and irritation. When disrupted, give us the discernment to look beyond the interruption to your plans. May we be a people who are not put out when disrupted, but rather a people who, with loving eyes, look out for the possibilities of your divine invitation to birth new kingdom realities. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your work. We thank you for your scripture. We thank you for Joseph and Mary. And Father, how as two people looking out for the good of their family, they could have just derailed. <laughs> so this, this census, we'll get to it when we get to it. But a part of your prophetic promises was that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. And Lord, it was their obedience. It was their spiritual resolve and stamina. It was this, this crazy disruption. I don't think they may have even seen it coming. And Father, amidst all of that, your purposes came. The Savior came and He was born for us. And now, Father, He, he lives within those of us who have called Him Lord. God, I pray for the people in this room tonight who are going through something. Father, we all are at some point. Maybe it's a sickness. It's a relationship. There's so many things in this life that try to disrupt us and derail us from your purpose. So, Father, we pray you give us the grace, the strength, the love to walk in wisdom, to walk with intention, to walk with a spiritual resolve, trusting you every step of the way. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.